0: Signs of Christmas are all around. In the rush of Christmas, let's pause and stop to think about the Christmas story. A still night, a stable, a baby, Mary, shepherds, maybe wise men at that point angels all very familiar pictures of christmas time and oh yes don't forget joseph joseph who you ask there are no hymns no poems few if any sermons about this humble carpenter yet he is very important part of the christmas story for he was the first witness to the spotless and supernatural incarnation of God, when God became a man. For the apostle John tells us in John chapter 1 and verse 14, and the Word, now that's Jesus Christ, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Joseph this strong muscular hard worker was your common everyday man but he was also a man of god ready to serve his lord the bible tells us little of joseph he appears in matthew chapter 1 verses 18 to 25 that we'll be looking at he's at the birth in bethlehem recorded in luke 2 4. He is present for Jesus' presentation at the temple in Luke 2, 22. He flees with his family to Egypt and returns, Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 and 19. And he is last seen when Jesus is 12 years old in Luke 2, 43. In this first appearance in Matthew, we find an important lesson on three steps a Christian should take when making major decisions. Three steps a Christian should take when making major decisions. Put simply, these three steps are to stop, look, and listen. Let's begin by reading this passage beginning at verse 18 and continuing to verse 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us then Joseph being raised from sleep did as the angel of the lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus familiar story to us but also teaches about making decisions for us. Have you faced major decisions in your life? If you haven't, I'm sure you will soon, for all of us face them. Typically when faced with a major decision, most of us rush into consideration of the matter before we should. Let us pause and think through the steps we should take in making major decisions of life. Let us now look at those steps we should take when making major decisions in our life. Our first step should be to stop before we do anything and remember that if you are God's child, he will prepare you before you must face the decision. Now, knowing this should encourage you to know that God is already involved in guiding you before you even were aware of the need to make a decision. How does he do this? Well, Joseph offers us an example of how we are prepared if Jesus Christ is our Savior. We see this in verse 18, where we read that Mary was espoused. Now, that's word betrothed to Joseph. Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Now betrothal is not the same as being engaged today. In Joseph's day, it meant that the parents of the couple had arranged the marriage. It was the father of the son, the father's duty and prerogative to secure a bride for his son. I'm sure the son was allowed to state his preference, but the final decision was the father's. Then came the betrothal, a very serious, formal proceeding in which marriage vows were given and a binding arrangement made. At the completion of the proceedings, the father of the bride issues a proclamation similar to the one recorded in 1st Samuel chapter 18 verses 20 and 21 where we read and michael saul's daughter loved david and they told saul and the thing pleased him and saul said i will give him her wherefore saul said to david thou shalt this day be my son-in-law from this point on The couple were officially husband and wife. After this announcement there followed a 10 to 12 month period of preparation before the final marriage feast and union. During this time they got to know each other for a wife must be your best friend. Perhaps our Joseph found it very hard to do his carpentry work for he was thinking of and daydreaming of his beautiful Mary all was bliss but then we read mary was found with child perhaps someone had gossiped from mary's visit when she went to see her cousin elizabeth but before we begin to speculate as others might have at that time god allows us no opportunity for speculation for we are told that she was found with child of the holy ghost clearly here and in verse 20 we're told that god the holy spirit is the father but think of joseph we know of no explanation offered to joseph yet and in mary we see a remarkable example she left it up to god she trusted her reputation with the lord and trusted her future her husband in this very thing. This is where we see God's preparation of Joseph for this time. This was probably the hardest and most serious decision of Joseph's life. He was prepared though by his walk with God to face the decision and to make it. In verse 19 we read verse 19 that Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, he was minded to put her away privily or our word is privately. Key to understanding this preparation is this word just. It means that he was not only a spiritually upright man but also a man of principles. I don't think it's a small thing that his parents named him after Joseph of the Old Testament. I am certain that they would have taught their son about the man he was named after. Do you remember Joseph of the Old Testament? He was the one who preserved Abraham's line in Egypt. He was the one who would go to jail rather than do wrong and accept Potiphar's wife. He's the one who dreamed dreams, the one who forgave his brothers for their sins. He was the one who restored his brothers, but only after they were tested and not before the test. Now, our Joseph of the New Testament, as a just man, learned from the past that could prepare him now for this decision of the future. We know that he didn't rush to act and, and take an action against Mary. For verse 20 speaks of, while well, he thought on these things. That means he pondered them. He started mulling it over, if you will. You see, when you have to make major decisions of life, do you stop? Remember what God may have taught you in the past in order to prepare yourself for that moment? Remember now, God can do that and prepare you ahead. Why? Because he's in control. So Joseph, having stopped to think about what he had learned from God, Joseph was now ready to take his second step. The second step a Christian should take when making a major decision of life. Having looked at the first step, we're now ready for the second step, which is to look for God's answers in the Bible. In verse 19, remember we read that Joseph was minded to put her away privily. Notice this means that he was thinking through the biblical laws that applied in his case. You say, well, what laws? The laws of God that he had learned as a just man, perhaps as a young man. He had been studying the scriptures. He knew what was in the scriptures. He knew his God, and he knew God's principles. There, in God's word, he had to choose now between two paths for his beloved Mary. Those two paths are the laws given in Deuteronomy that would affect this situation. The first law is in Deuteronomy 22 verses 23 and 24, and the answer was very simple. He could stone her to death. The second law in Deuteronomy 24 1 and 2 allows him to give her a private divorce. All he'd require is two or three witnesses with him to witness the divorce he gave her. Very private, not public. The whole community wouldn't see it. In thinking it over, Joseph decided upon this second private course because he loved Mary so much. Perhaps also in the back of his mind, he thought of Psalm 37, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land. Verily thou shalt be fed. Now this word fed means to be shepherd by the Lord. Verily thou shalt be shepherd by the Lord. Remember, Sight is often blurred in love, and we can deceive ourselves. But if we trust in the Lord, we can have clear sight if you believe the Lord will do what is best for you. In verse 4, reading on, it then says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Joseph could have overlooked God's law. But as a just or principled man of God, he couldn't ignore it. He had looked at the law of God, saw God's answers, and Joseph accepted God's word. But he knew also his heart's desire was his Mary. Perhaps God had a solution for Joseph that Joseph couldn't foresee. Did he perhaps remember that the Old Testament Joseph when in Egypt eventually went from the jail to the palace because he trusted his God and always did what was right? This is a key idea. Once you choose the God-directed path, let God change or alter the path if you made a mistake in the decision. So we now have two principles for making major decisions. Our first principle is to stop to remember God prepares his people for the right decision by the things learned from God, from God's word, from God's principles, and knowing God and his personality. So you need to review what he's done in your past to prepare you for this moment. Second, you have to look at God's answers as revealed in the Bible. Choose the right path, then, in obedience to God's word or principles. And when we have done that, after we have stopped, we've looked, we're now ready for the third step. Having seen the first two steps, we're now ready for the third step which is to listen that means to listen for God's approval of your decision or possibly God's redirection we read in verse 20 that for Joseph while he thought on these things God then acted remember God expects us to do that which we can do first then it is God's responsibility to confirm or correct it, if you are his child. The writer of Proverbs gives us a principle of this whole area of decision-making. The writer teaches us, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Notice in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 here, there are three steps that the individual must take before God's action is to direct your path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. Once you've done those three steps, it's God's responsibility to direct your path. Notice how God responded to Joseph after Joseph did his part in these steps. In verse 20, we read, But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Thou son of David. Wow, a dream, just like Joseph of the Old Testament, a dream giving a solution specifically to him and no one else. Joseph was told by God to fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. Now, at this point, I have to offer a caution. Dreams are very rare in the Bible. God only gives dreams for the most significant points in his plan for history and in dealing with Israel. So don't just run off with every dream you have. Remember the biblical principle here. They are for significant points in God's plan of history and for Israel. Today, instead of dreams, God gives contentment and usually confirmment to know that what you've decided is what God planned. He confirms it to you in several ways, and you need to be on the lookout for those ways. And if we go back to Psalm 37 and look at those verses again, there's more as we continue to read on. In verse 3 we read that we were to trust in the Lord and do good, and thou shalt be fed or protected, shepherd by God. Being shepherd by him, verse 5 tells us, to commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass, and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him. Notice, God will confirm your decision as you wait patiently. Now, that may take more time than you like, but you must wait patiently for him. Notice how God confirms this, that he's in charge of this situation. God first tested Joseph's belief in God's word. God then shows the promises of the word applies to Joseph. He reminds him that he is the son of David. That's very significant because Joseph was of the line that the Messiah was to come from. So Joseph knew the Messiah would come through the kingly line of David of which Joseph was part of that line. So this was a significant term to be told by God, that he was the son of David. It was to remind him that this has to do with the Messiah. Notice the angel of the dream did not contradict Scripture by telling Joseph to go ahead and take Mary because Isaiah 14 prophesied this very event. Isaiah wrote, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now think about Mary. Mary, a virgin, was faithful to Joseph. Therefore, the Bible law about dealing with an unfaithful wife didn't fit in their situation. Mary was not unfaithful. This is very important to notice. God did not bypass his law. He didn't say, oh, well, we'll just forget it, just do this. No, 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 no. Instead, he showed to Joseph that the laws of Deuteronomy, those two options that Joseph had, didn't apply in this situation. There was a third passage that did. Something to remember. God's never going to ask you to contradict his word. If the decision you make contradicts his word or his principles as taught in his word, then you haven't made the right decision. Joseph could now have his beloved Mary. He could obey God's laws. He could defend her. He could raise the Messiah, a dream of all true righteous men in Israel. He could proceed with confidence. He was in God's will and truly as a just man is what he wanted. We can now add another principle to our first two principles. Stop to remember God prepares his people for the right decision by the things learned from God, his word, and how God has worked with you in the past. Then, look at God's answer as revealed in the Bible. Choose the right path in obedience. Finally, listen for confirmation or redirection through God's word and the circumstances. Joseph shows that a man or woman of God can trust to be safely guided by God in all affairs of life if, that's a big if, if they think through God's biblical instructions and principles. Matthew Henry, a great Bible commentator, said, and I quote, It is the thoughtful, not the unthinking, who God will guide, end quote. Remember, put simply, this means to stop, look, and listen. For those of you who are a Christian, who have trusted in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, remember God does guide his people. He promises this in his word. God is in control of your life. And the events that enter into it. If you are walking with the Lord, He is preparing you for the major decisions that you will face, those still down the road. Part of that preparation, though, is to learn God's principles by serious study of the Bible. Oh, I am not talking about sitting and hearing just a sermon once a week, I'm not talking about reading a little daily. Uh, newsletter that gives a verse in it. No, I'm talking about serious study of the scriptures. So you not only understand the laws, the principles, but you know God himself. You know the way he thinks. And therefore, when you're in the situation, you can almost say to yourself, how would God handle this? Because you've learned it from the scriptures, not from your own mind, not able to manipulate it the way you want. Know from what God has taught you. You must do your part before God will do his. Remember also, once you know his will, you must do his will. Don't say, oh, I, now I don't want to do it that way. You must do it. Also, when we are doing God's will, we will never need to fear man around us. But when we are not doing God's will, we need to fear God. This is exactly what Joseph did. For back in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 24, we read, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife. And he knew her not till she had brought forth his firstborn son, And he called his name Jesus. Don't forget, knowing God's will only applies to those whose sins have been forgiven. For Joseph named his son Jesus. That means he shall save his people from their sins, Matthew one twenty one. If you do not personally know the Lord as your Savior, and do not know that you will have eternal life with him then you have the most important decision of life to make right now the bible tells us in romans three verse twenty three all have sinned and come short of the glory of god that's all of us further god himself says in chapter six verse twenty three the wages of sin is death that which we earn by all the sins we commit is eternal separation from God in a place called hell. That's where you will have to pay for your wages of sin if you have not asked Jesus Christ to pay for your sins. Hell is the direction every person is heading for unless they have received God's forgiveness and gift of eternal life. That is eternal life with him in heaven. How do you get this gift? God gives the answer there in the same verse of Romans when he adds, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Yes, that's that same Jesus that was born back in Bethlehem, who died on a cross to pay for the sins which we commit. Now, you can't do it yourself, for God also says, not of works, lest any man should boast, in Ephesians 2, verse 9. After reminding us of this, God says for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. At this Christmas time, we need to think about gifts. We know what they are. There's something given to us that we don't pay for. It's something we must receive. The gift of God is a gift that we receive from God himself. It's God, Jesus Christ himself who died for you, that stands there and offers you this gift. Your part is to act on this offer, if you will, and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. He who paid for your sins on the cross, who was then resurrected to show that those sins were paid, for remember, the wages of sin is death, but he came alive again to show that he had paid for the sins. The Apostle John tells us, To as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You receive him by accepting the fact that he died on the cross for you, that he offers you this gift, and by faith you accept his gift that gives you eternal salvation. You receive him by recognizing that you are a sinner, first of all, because he says you are that you cannot save yourself from the penalty of your sins but that Jesus Christ paid that penalty therefore he's the only one that can offer you the gift of eternal life with him and then you must ask him to be your savior remember verse 21 says in Matthew that Jesus shall save his people from their sins you can be his people, if you've accepted Christ. This Christmas, please accept the only true gift that keeps on giving for eternity. Accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Now, for those of you who already know him as their Savior, who have accepted him as their Savior, and he indwells you, pass on this gift of good news to others this Christmas. as we conclude this video and as we're concluding this year we at CMI TV want to bring a short personal message to you. We're taking you behind the scenes for with my wife who really does a lot of the behind the scenes work I want you to see her especially those of you who are new to CMI TV this year uh, as some of you know I used to be an engineer as an engineer when I would write somebody had to make it in English well, as I research and prepare these messages, I really, I guess I write them in Martian. It's Pam who takes them and puts them into English, and so many of you have commented that they're easier to understand. It's because of Pam. So, as I've said in this video, Pam is not only my wife, she's also my best friend, and she's my major help here at CMI TV. And so, We wanted to bring this brief message to you at this holiday season. And we want to wish each of you a very Christ-filled Christmas, a new year of blessings, as we serve our Savior together and look for His glorious appearing. And so now, as I always end, I will say to you, we'll see you either here again or in the air. Lord bless you.